Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's showtime! What's going on, people? It's Thursday night. That means it's the last night of the Dear Pads Nation podcast. Hope you all are doing fine and special. Sorry that we missed yesterday, but I promise you we'll make it up today. As always, I'm with my boy, Producer Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, the Dear Pads Nation podcast is brought to you in association with RayRoute.com, the Dean Blundell Podcast Network over at Dean Blundell. It's time to get this show started in three, two, one, go. Mike, go. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, Mike? Can't hear you, Mike. You did not mute yourself, Mike. What's going on, Mike? How are you? No, I muted you. I muted you on the stream yard. Yeah. It's cool. It's all good. We're ready to go. Rocking and rolling, motherfuckers. I'll tell you, I like the new intro. I cranked it's... it up tonight. It was a little loud on my headphones. Sorry. Yours will live. It was a little loud on my headphones. I don't know how loud I was screaming into the microphone for people. Not loud enough. We realized today that Michael is not beautiful enough to be my, my co-host. No, I actually probably scare people away. Let's be honest. You do. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I was introduced to Hannah Hoops today. Didn't know who she was. Yeah. This is well, this is going to be part. Of, I mean, you probably look it up online. Yeah, something 22? like that. When I first saw her, she looked young, and I was like, "Damn, I hope she's not young." Like young, 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 young. Yeah, like scary young. Yeah, like scary young. I was just like, "Well, you know what? I mean." She doesn't look like producer Mike. That's been my problem. That's why the that's why the live show doesn't get the traction that I've been looking for. I went from it Connor is just to, reaffirming everything in the comments. I went from Connor to you to here we are. I'm just reaffirming the comments. So guys, the Dear Passage Podcast is brought to you by the News Breakup. Download the News Breakup. Get all your news in one place. Your local news, that is. They use geolocation. It's a dynamic app. You can also look up, look up a bunch of different things. Download the News Breakup with the link that we left in the description. Yeah. You said so. So, so I had a friend of mine watch the podcast for the first time the other day. You know, try to keep it kind of on the DL from people you know so they don't get all weird. And he told you that I should fire you and hire Hannah Hoops? Yes, but yeah, I don't even know how this came up because he, he said it a week ago. It's like you're a friggin' psychic. I know. No, he, wa- he watched the draft party and he was like, he's like, bro, Ray has a great voice. He's like, you talk too much. And he's like, who are the rest of these old men on, on friggin' screen? <laughs> so that is clearly our problem. We uh, hmm. so I'm I've got a voice for radio and a, a face for radio. That's what he's saying. Yes. And you've got the I don't you've 
got a, he, t- he told me I talk too much, but he said, you know, he knows I've got, he's, I've got the smarts for to do is talk and people say you talk too much for the talk show. That's when you know, it's a concern. No, I think his thing was like, everybody was trying to have fun in the draft party. And he was like, you were trying to be an analyst. He's like, shut the hell up. I tell you that sometimes. Yeah, you do. So I was like, oh, yeah, Ray and my best friend tell me the same thing. I was like, I think, I think we had this conversation off air like two nights ago about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I just he... shut you up when you talk too much. Yeah. It's all right. He does the same thing in real life. I shut him up too. I want to clear something up for people, Mike. Let's clear it. Because I want people to think I'm an a hole, mm-hmm. right? That's my shtick. Yes, sir. However, I have recently learned that some people take everything I say word for word serious. And given the direction that my career is going, I feel like I need to clear some things up. Clear it up. Can you confirm or deny? You know ahead of time that I'm going to be mean to you on air. Yeah, absolutely. We we are not an educational football show. We are a source of entertainment. Confirm? Confirm. Okay. I just, when I found out there's people out there that truly believe that I'm like this mean spirited person, I felt like I needed to correct the narrative and I want people just to understand that this is entertainment. Just be entertained. Absolutely. And I think if you left me to my own devices, I would put everybody asleep here. So that's part of the entertainment. I'll tell you what didn't put me to sleep. What didn't put you to sleep? Your nonstop whining and crying and complaining throughout the entire draft weekend. And let's get to one of the guys that you whined and cried and whined about for a long time. Just because I cried about Josh McDaniels not being here on draft night. Okay. Oh, wait. So PFF's highest graded cornerback in single coverage since 2020 with a 90.7 is Mr. Marcus Jones. Marcus, love that do you, guy. Do you recall when you wrote to us, Marcus can't think, play man-to-man? I think I said something along the lines of, who the hell is this midget? Yes, or you called him an elf. It was an yeah, elf. elf. You used elf. the word elf, which, by yes. the way, elf is reserved for one person and one person only. Yeah, well, that's how mad I was. It was Danny triggered. Amendola. Right. It was, but you said but, we got a little elf that won't be able to play outside coverage he won't be able to play man-to-man press coverage and he has the best single coverage grade since 2020 across all of college football with a 90.7 how do you feel good about that you know what actually made me feel better about that too a i was angry in the moment because i wanted one of the outside like the big outside corners that was like andrew booth jr yeah yeah exactly and and ray's tweet was actually something that triggered this too because i was still like why the hell didn't we get andrew booth but um jonathan jones is only five nine so correct if you're looking for a replacement for john jones this guy is a perfect replacement for john jones i don't think maybe maybe better except i don't believe that he's going to be john jones replacement because they already have john jones replacement who's that uh sean wade okay fair enough either that or they just don't see anything there i don't know although sean wade was really good when he played in the slot in college too sean wade's problem was and i will go to my grave saying this sean wade's problem was from the get-go that he 
he was a slot guy. And yep. he could have went to the draft as a slot corner. And he would have ended up in a, a third round, maybe late second round pick. Yeah. So he approaches the Ohio coaches and says, I want to play outside because I want to be a first round pick. Yep. Disastrous move. It's a disaster from game one. And the idiots at Ohio State are like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll just keep going. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it didn't get fine. The guy gave up more big plays than like anybody in college football that year. Right. So then he goes in the first round to the Baltimore Ravens. And they're like, dude, this guy can't play outside corner. <laughs> Did they draft him first round? I thought they drafted him like fifth round. I could have sworn he was a first round pick. Maybe uh, I'm I wrong. Know. I could be wrong about that. Give me a second. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You, you look talking. it up. I, again, I could be wrong. The point, the whole point is he got, as a rookie, got cut before the season even started. Did he get cut or get traded? No, he, he got, got traded. He, he, he got no, traded. He got yeah, traded. they traded yeah. him to the Patriots. Yeah. So I think that he can be a very, very, very solid slot cornerback for the slot cover corner for the for the Patriots. He was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in the fifth round of the 2021 draft, and the Patriots. Why did I think the first round? Maybe because I keep talking about him wanting to be a first rounder. Yeah, so the Patriots actually gave up a fifth round to get him too. So they basically said to the Ravens, "We'll give we'll give you your pick back." And that's why we didn't have a fifth this year. That's why the Patriots, and that's why they had to trade with Houston. Okay. Yep. Who then used that pick to trade up and get John Mechie. Yes. <laughs> the guy that we want. Cool. Let's go back to Marcus Jones, though. Sure. And guys, we will be getting to a bunch of stuff. We'll be getting to uh, Elam. Career? Is it Kier? Kier? Kier, Kier Elam. Elam. Yep. Kier Elam. Um, we'll be talking about Ryan Tannehill, how he needed therapy. For real. Like, for, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Mac Wilson and uh, his thoughts on the Patriots and what he thinks Belichick's thoughts are on the Patriots linebacker room. We're also going to talk about Ryan Tannehill trying to pull a Tom Brady saying it's not his job to mentor Malik Willis, except Tom Brady was actually good, right? Uh, Belichick actually continues to be a factor that people do sign with the Patriots. And uh, Reggie Wayne, get this, said this about Matt Ryan, and I quote, it makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton. <laughs> so, weird. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's um, weird. But Marcus Jones, do you feel better about – so you feel better about Marcus Jones now? I feel better about the pick as a whole, too, because I like the whole package that he brings to punt returner. They needed a punt returner, um, you know, potentially a gadget guy on offense if they really, uh, you know, look for some plays there for him. Um I just like on, thought they would have taken a guy like that a little later, but that's fine. You know, he's a good player. He has a good background. That was one of the things I was reading today on one of the clickbait Boston media sites. And they were saying something along the lines of a lot of executives and scouts around the NFL said that the Patriots didn't get bad players. That's what they made clear. Like Bill Belichick actually drafted a lot of good players. And basically they said like one through six, he drafted Mm -hmm. good players. He said where they were confused was Belichick didn't get value out of it. Right. But right. Here's what I, here's what I want to, I want to throw at you. Sure. Because 
I just happened to be watching this when I got home today. So this wasn't planned when I originally planned this. A lot of what we're talking about today is what I wanted to talk about yesterday. We had to cancel yesterday's show. I had some stuff going on. Mike had to wash his hair. And we just, we couldn't do it. Um, my hair was tangled. I couldn't get the knots out. I had to, you know, put a brush through it, whatever. Um, but I was watching Miracle, or clips from Miracle on YouTube today when I got right. home. I don't know how I got there. It was one of those YouTube, like... Deep dives? Like, not even a deep dive. What do they call them? Rabbit holes where you just, like, you keep just, like, click, like, yeah, the next video. And that. you just don't know where it go. You don't know where right. it's going to go. Right, right. And it was the Team USA tryouts from the Miracle on Ice team. Mm-hmm. and he picks his players, and he hands it to the assistant coach. The assistant coach looks at it, and he goes, we're, we're missing some of the best players. And, you know, Herb Brooks looks at him and says, well, you know, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players, and walks away. So, like, I sat there, and I thought to myself, let's just hypothetically, hypothetically, not saying this is going to happen. I don't want anybody hypothetically. Cole Strange becomes an all-pro. Yep. Taekwon Thornton and Marcus Jones become pro bowlers. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do I'm we really again. care? Do we really care what the value was and where Belichick could have drafted him? Like, is this not a point of just Belichick's like, this is the player I want on my team? Yes. And he's going to go at some point. There's nobody I see ahead of him. I'm going to take this guy. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing, right? And that was, you know, where we were kind of caught up in the moment of the draft was looking at the analysts, quote-unquote, take on the draft and not Bill Belichick's normal take on the draft, right? For some reason, we were really caught up, as you mentioned, in last year's draft where they took the best player available and it just happened to kind of line up with high-value players in – you know, what, you know, were those analyst drafts and things of that nature. If these guys all pop in the next year or two, they're saying they're the steal of the draft and, you know, Belichick did what Belichick does and get guys that nobody expected. And it's that double-sided narrative that comes with everything that Bill does. Either he's an idiot or he's a savant. So, well, and you know what, I'm, I'm also thinking of this right now too. Let's pretend the Patriots didn't need a quarterback last season. Mm Mm-hmm. Would it have surprised you if Christian Barmore got picked with the 15th overall pick? No. And we probably would have said, oh, that's a reach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Analysts would have said that's a reach. He's got character issues. And he's he still would have performed the same way he performed and been worth that first round quote unquote value. However, we value that higher because Belichick took him in the second round and not the first round. And we're like, look, that's a second round pick. Belichick stole him first round caliber. Exactly. But if you would have taken him in the first round, we would have been like, man, you could have got him in the second round or you could have traded down and got him 29th overall. And yeah, and I'm not in any way trying to defend Bill Belichick because we thought that we saw a new blueprint into the Patriots building system last year. When they took Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, Ronnie Perkins, you know, who was BPA. It's, he was just exactly. BPA. Uh, then they take Ramondre Stevenson, BPA, you know, like, so they're just, they're going down the list. Uh, and then, then they take 
uh, Cameron McGrone in the fifth round, knowing he's not going to be ready to play this year. But like, hey, this is a, a second, third round caliber player dropping to the fifth round because he's not going to be able to play this year. We can wait. We've got Kyle Van Noy. We're going to bring back Jamie Collins at some point. You know, we, right. we don't even need him this season. We got Uche. We got Winovich. Let's wait. In that in that process factored into this year's draft. And let's use a player that everybody was high on that happened to fall in the draft this year, Nicobe Dean. So this this is, you know, Nicobe Dean for the Patriots last year. The guy just didn't have as much of a high profile to him. That's yeah, true. And I think we all kept waiting for Dean to go right. and he wasn't going. So then like so that so there is it though. We was like we got the blueprint. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's yep. different. Uh Robert Kraft said that the Patriots have to build through the draft. We can't keep spending this kind of money in free agency. Yada yes. yada. Uh, Bill Belichick turns around and says, "Well, if that's the case, and I think somebody put this out, out on out into the atmosphere, and it could have been Greg Bedard, it could have been uh, Ben Valen. It was one of those, you know, the, the, those stooges." <laughs> yeah. And they said Belichick was under pressure not to blow another first round pick. So they took Cole Strange because Cole Strange is more than likely going to work out. He's probably going to be a big contributor. So nobody can turn around and say, oh, look, he, you know, he whiffed on another first round pick. That's what they said. So I'm sitting there going, okay. And again, now this is my my Bill Belichick fanboyish taking over my analytical mind, taking over my, you know, what was he doing mind going, okay. So if Cole Strange if if you're sitting there right now criticizing the Cole Strange pick, not you, but you know the, right. the, the, the know, dummies in Boston media, yeah, yeah, you're sitting there right now criticizing the Cole Strange pick, and then on the in the same insult, you're saying Belichick took him because he's going to have success and everybody knows he's going to have success. Well, if he's if he's guaranteed, if he's a BPA, then. If he's a guaranteed success, most, you know, I've seen people, some people say he was one of the most NFL ready linemen in draft, right? Yes. If yes. that's the case, how can you not justify the 29th overall pick? You, you, the only way I, I've heard it justified, and I will sort of agree with this, with the way the salaries are going for, what they're called premium positions, edge rushers, um, you know, wide receivers, cornerbacks, quarterbacks. You want that fifth year option on more quote unquote expensive players. But again, if you need a guard and the Patriots need a guard, take the best available player. And this is one of the reasons I've softened to that pick. I'm also going to put out there if Tyquan Thornton was the Patriots guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to assume if he wasn't the guy, he was the next guy. Right. Because they traded up for him in the second round. Yeah. So he yep. was either the guy or the next guy when it comes to the wide receiver position. If they would have taken him in the first round. Oh my God. People would have lost their, their minds. Well, but then, but that would have been the value piece, right? That would, and they would have called it another, look, another Nikhil Harry reach. That's what it would have been. It would have the comparisons to Nikhil Harry would have started the moment that kid was drafted. And if he dropped one ball in the preseason or one ball in training camp, or if they said, Hey, he's having route running issues at camp on day one, another Nikhil Harry, Bill blew it again. And that kid would never have a chance with the fans or with the media. So no. I'm sitting there going, like, okay, I get the argument. You take the premium players, 
Right. But if they looked at the Andrew Booth Juniors, because maybe they're looking at a Marcus Jones going, this guy could play on our team the rest of his career and not demand J.C. Jackson money. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you there. They're looking for, um, you know, what's the right word? The typical Bill Belichick, versatile workhorse type of guys. And, and if you go down the list, and I'm not going to do the whole thing, but if you look at Cole Strange, he can – you know, Matt Gross said, I'm not, we're not going to peg him to just guard. That's how good he is. You know, at yeah. the senior bowl, he looked like a quote unquote, like pro center. You know what I mean? He's big enough to where if they really needed him to play tackle for a minute, he probably could do that too. So you've got a guy who has Joe Tooney like qualities, which is who they've really been missing. So, you know, the David guy that and- everybody screamed and cried about. Right. And remember, if I can put this on the table, if I can put this on the table. The reason that Joe Tooney is no longer a New England Patriots, that money. in a year when the Patriots spent almost $200 million in guaranteed money, they couldn't afford Joe Tooney. Right. Exactly. So is that not a premium position on the Patriots? For, for Exactly. You said the right word there or the right phrase for the Patriots, a versatile offensive lineman that can play any position on that line and especially a guy like that that could potentially be an elite center, that could be very valuable in a couple of years as they look to move on from David Andrews because you can find guards. You can't necessarily find a center that can help your quarterback maneuver that offensive line the way it needs to be maneuvered. And he was a captain. He was a leader. This is one of the other reasons they wanted him. Or you don't move on from David Andrews because he's. I think he's willing to play cheap the rest of his career, to be real I with agree. You. I agree. But you have a viable, you have a younger, better Ted Karras. If you think about it, you have a younger, better Ted Karras. And when you mix it all together, when you look at the entire thing, you now have Mike on Wienu and Cole Strange, two guys who can kick out the tackle, can kick inside. You got one of them that can play center. I believe I've heard people argue that on Wienu's played a little center in his time. If you in a a pinch, you could pop him in there. I mean, the Patriots lost Ted Karras, lost Shaq Mason, but they're replacing them with Cole Strange and Mike Onwenu, and I think those are upgrades at both positions. I agree. I, I totally agree. And, and you know, not to get too far off, to, off topic, but if this isn't their year to win, and I think I may have mentioned this to you or whoever, um, at least protect Mac Jones. Make sure he doesn't get killed so that when we're ready to compete next year, you know, he's not coming back from injury and having to rehab and things of that nature. So you're doing the other thing. You're investing in Mac Jones just in a different way. It's not a what, you know, it's not a first round wide receiver or something of that nature. So I do want to talk about Tyquan Thornton for a minute, if I can, and then I got to sure. move on. Did, it's not Tyquan Thornton related to the receiver position. Did you hear that the Patriots were trying to shop Nelson Aguilar? I did not, but it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, that's been wrapping around. They were trying to, they were trying to shop Aguilar. Yeah, that doesn't, and they may find a buyer. I think you, even with his money, that because I think another team probably thinks they can get more production than him, than the Patriots. Well, considering man. what what receivers yeah. are going for right now, we've talked about it. His deal looks like a steal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think Tyquan Thornton again cheaply spreads. You know, is that spread guy that they need? They don't need to pay fifteen million dollars for that guy. So, it doesn't so surprise guys- me. Guys, make sure you head on over to DeanBlundell.com. See everything's going over there. The podcast, the stuff, um, the the articles, the blogs. Uh, there's a lot of just 
I mean, politics. There's there's funny stuff. You can see a video of Dave Chappelle just 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 sewering a guy on stage who was trying to tackle him. Oh, you can also crazy. see my sports articles that I write there. And I want to, uh, Mike, if I can, I want to read you one. Sure. Yep. And Let's I'll read you it. this, and then we can talk about it. But it's about Career Elm. Kair Elam. Kair Elam. What the hell did I call him? Kair, Kair Elam. We just talked about this. I just said that I say this right. And you confirmed yeah. it for me. I listened. Listen. I listened to this guy. People say this guy's name for two hours today. Trying to like. Kair Elam. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I like this kid. <laughs> I do too. So let me read this to you. Okay. Sure. When the Buffalo Bills first traded up in the first round of the NFL draft, uh, I thought it was a little bit of a reach to select Kair Elam. However, after seeing some post and pre-draft videos, I absolutely love this move for Buffalo. Kair, this was NFL, uh, the NFL, their Twitter account just tweeted out, Kair Elam wanted the Bills playbook on the plane the second he got drafted. Work ethic. As a New England Patriots fan, this kind of attitude tickles me. I'm not even going to lie. I'm extremely jealous of the Buffalo Bills right now, and I can't believe that Bill Belichick traded down and didn't select Elam. His PFF grade of 87.2 in coverage since 2019 was impressive enough. But if you have, but you have to love Elam's work ethic. Sometimes the difference between a good player and a great player is their preparation. And I'm super impressed with Elam. I'm hoping to revisit this piece in three or four years and see how well that preparation paid off for his career. Now, this guy Renaissance Man tweeted out, "It's a wrap for y'all once Trey White gets back." Now, clearly his comments eh, come because he's a Bills fan. But can you really argue with him? How do you prepare to face a secondary that has Elam, Trey White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde? You add in the fact that they have a pass rush, that's going to make it even more difficult for opposing quarterbacks. And beating Buffalo at this point seems improbable. Now you add in the fact that the Bills offense is going to score a ton of points and teams will more than likely be playing from behind and become one-dimensional. Beating Buffalo seems impossible. BFF Fantasy Football wrote this. Does the Bills have the best offense in the NFL? Then they listed it. Josh Allen, James Cook, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Doxon Knock, and they didn't even put Jameson Crowder on there. Now, I don't want to turn this piece about Buffalo's rookie cornerback into me drooling about the Bills' offense, but I use this tweet to enforce my point. I've already made it clear more than once that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. But when you break it all down, how do you stop this Bills offense? Then back it with, uh, or look back to both the wild card and the divisional rounds where the Bills just continue to score. Now imagine adding a defense that isn't going to let the opponent score. Right. I'm not a Bills fan, but it is impossible to not at the very least respect this Bills team. I love the Elam pick for Buffalo, and it just feels like he's going to be as successful as he wants to be. I'm not sure why I struggled so hard to read that there. Like I can actually read English guys. That was just, and, and I wrote it and I spelled bills B I L S L. Clearly that was a typo and nobody picked up on it. <laughs> and, and we, and it got published that way. But professional, professional, professional Dean But Mike, how do you stop this team? 
offensively or defensively. I mean, I love this Elon pick. Did you see that this kid? He's the one. I did. Who, his interview, that video's been going everywhere. That like the dude had a notebook and he took notes of, of tendencies of receivers, things he did wrong, explosive plays against him. I mean, that's a Bill Belichick player. What the hell is he doing playing in Buffalo? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I think maybe, well, let's pretend Cole Strange is the second guy they want to pick and Kay or Elam is the first, right? But they traded down. Right. But I think a lot, Elam. right. I think a lot of projections, right, had Kyrie or Elam falling into even the second round potentially. And Buffalo said, no, no, no. He's still on the board. This is the guy we want, which. But here's my, here's my thing, Mike. Sure. You knew Kansas City was trading up for a corner. Right. You knew Buffalo needed a corner. The reason you traded up for Ty- Tyquan Thornton was because you knew there was going to be this run of wide receivers, and you didn't know if Thornton would last to you. Right. How did you know that Elam was going to drop to you? I don't think he was on the radar, going to be honest with you. I mean, that's fair. Maybe, again, you know, and this is just – you know, speaking Patriots, maybe they think they have something back there to, you know, fix up their secondary, whether it be Sean Wade, maybe, you know, coming of age, uh, Jones coming back, one of the 12 Jones brothers. Um, the old, the oldest Jones brother. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure because this kind of reeks of like a Stephon Gilmore to me, right? When they drafted Stephon Gilmore, he was this kind of guy. Um, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills. So I think the Bills got a steal here. I think you're totally right. I think not only is their offense now even more roided up, I think their defense, you know, when you talked about Trey White being back, that was a big factor that everybody kind of forgets last year as he was out. Um, and it, they think, didn't really miss a beat without him, if we can really No, which again makes it, makes it even more scary that he's going to come back and then they're going to add a kid like this. They add Vaughn Miller. Yeah, but that's a, the Vaughn Miller piece looks even more huge now because now you got a secondary you can't throw on and a pass right. rush that can get to your quarterback. I mean, uh, dude, as a Patriots fan, this terrifies me so much. Yeah, and so I think, much. I you know I'll just cap off the Bills piece and then I'll relate this to something we said is I think the bit you know the AFC it looks like the Bills to lose at this point. Like yeah, I know I know the Bengals were there last year and I know the Bengals are going to be legit, but I think. The Bills are just scary, man. Everything about that team is scary. Um, and to to loop it back into the last thought about the Patriots is maybe Bill again knows this isn't their year to you know really compete. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna protect your quarterback. You're gonna get a great guard. You're gonna build up that offensive line. So at the very least, your young quarterback doesn't get injured. So. Sometimes I think we forget that NFL players are human beings. Yes. And we come on here and we rip them apart. I don't. You do. Yeah, I destroy them. I'm more somebody who's down to earth. I don't call anybody out. I don't call them footnotes in Tom Brady's you know, sick history, historical run, anything like that. That's you. Yeah, that's all me. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I live and breathe the hate and the pessimism well that's why i I don't understand why i get the reputation of being the a-hole i i I don't know because i was an a-hole long in the chat even before i joined the show in fact multiple multiple people used to call me out they just told me to get out because of because of the hate you know they told you to get out of the chat now you're a co-host yeah Yeah, exactly i've made it 
I thought you were. Hate. I thought you were prettier. That's a that's a problem my end. The first time I turned the camera on, Ray was like, "Hey, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off." Yeah, let's turn it back off. This is a podcast, Mike. Nobody can see you, anyways. Just turn up. <laughs> you just want to pop that camera off. Go ahead. Yeah, nobody nobody podcasts with a camera anymore. Uh, anyways, Ryan Tannehill said that he needed therapy after the Titans lost to the Bengals. Now, I think that it's fair to say that loss was 100% on Ryan Tannehill. Defense played phenomenal. Um, We talked about this last week. I'll talk about it again. I think we talked about it this week. I'll talk about it again. I mean, I texted you and tweeted out that I think Joe Burrow slept with Mike Vrabel's wife because he was just sending the house at Joe Burrow. (laughs) He was. Like, like it was, it was insanely just, it was sickening. I felt bad for Burrow. Like I thought this poor kid's going to get hurt again. The Derrick Henry was back. Like everything was in line for the number one seed in the AFC to beat the Bengals and go to Kansas City and play Kansas City in the AFC championship game. It was all there. It was ready for them. He threw what two critical interceptions and you know, bad, bad moments too. Anyway, yeah. back back to your point. What do you think about Ryan Tannehill A having to go to therapy for it and B openly admitting that he needed weeks of therapy after the loss? Like did you were you aware, I should say, let me start with this. So let me go backwards. Were you aware that losses will impact a player like this? Um, I think I kind of was because you hear, you know, you know, we've heard of from Tom Brady over the years that those Super Bowl losses kind of scarred him and he thinks more about the losses than he does the wins. And I've heard Chris Carter and Shannon Sharp say things like this before. It's always the losses that stick with you. It's not necessarily the wins. Um, I like the fact that he mentioned this because I think a lot of the times, like you said, we hold these guys up as, you know, superheroes and, you know, or, or emotionless robots that have no soul that aren't human. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, they're just, they're just things out there that are meant to perform. Like you said, you mentioned robots and no, I think it's great that he mentioned this. We saw, saw it with Calvin Ridley. Um, not necessarily for the losing, but last season he decided to take time away for his family. And I think, listen, you know, the, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lose a lot of money. (laughs) Um, Oh, I think Ray just accidentally closed the stream. But yeah, I'll finish my point that um, when we see people like this admit their faults and admit their wrongs, that we need to take that into account and understand that these, for the most part, are young men, you know, in their 20s, early 20s, some of them. And, you know, speaking from experience, 10 years ago, I was not still not making sound decisions and, you know, still not making great decisions that, you know, can impact me. Never mind. At 47 years old. Yeah. 47. Wow. Thanks, man. I made you younger, didn't I? Yeah. Most people say I'm 80. It's fine. (laughs) Well, you, you yell at the, you yell at the clouds like you're 80. So that would, no, I, I agree. I I caught most of you said, I don't know what happened there. Just wasn't even my Wi-Fi. Just, just, said oops something went wrong i had to get back on um yeah uh i i what i heard a lot of what you said and i agree with you it's 
they're humans. And, and I was happy that he brought this out because here's the thing. If there's anybody out there, and I don't know if there is, and I hope there's not, but if there's anybody out there that is currently going, oh, just, you know, suck it up, pussy. Just, you know, Joe. eat it, learn from it. You know, you got to learn from losses. You got to be a man about it. Go out there and, and let it motivate you the next season. Yeah, absolutely. But these are the same grown men that break into tears and start crying when the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Right. Or break into tears when they lose or are still harboring ill will feelings towards Super Bowl 52 because Tom or because Bill Belichick benched Malcolm Butler. You know, like the Patriots have won another Super Bowl since then. And there's still guys who are like, could have four in a row. Belichick didn't bench him. It's just ridiculous. It's just awful. Just it was terrible and stupid. And and you know, Belichick should have been fired on the spot for that. And I'm like, dude, that was 2017. It's 2022. Like we're about yeah. to enter the 2022 season. How are you still holding on to these feelings? And then how do if you are one of those guys? Don't be the guy that then turns around and goes, oh, Ryan Tannehill's got to learn about it. Well, I'm different, man, because I'm a plumber so or I'm an accountant or I'm a whatever, so I, I can hold on to those rubber feelings. Ryan Tannehill's a professional athlete. It's, being a professional athlete doesn't mean you're not human. Just because Ryan Tannehill was blessed with having a, elite athletic you know, abilities, and yes, he has elite athletic abilities. He may not be – Athletic might not look elite compared to other people, but trust me, if he went beside you, he'd be better than you in everything. He'd beat you in curling and badminton. Trust me. Uh, oh, he'd yeah. beat you in jacks. Like, yeah, he, I, he, I, I mean, we talk about that with Nikhil Harry all the time, right? Like we yes. dump on the guy for the, sh the show, but if he was to compete against anybody, most average people in any physical activity, any sport, he would trash you. Absolutely. If you are an elite athlete, you would be, doing elite athlete things yes uh trust me i was a great athlete and then i went and played with elite athletes and, they and not a silly. single one of those elite athletes went and played professional sports and yeah that's that yeah not one of them and i looked like the most uncoordinated weakest slowest person in the world against some of these guys who were just these uh, freaks of nature who then didn't go professional anything so yeah no it is what it is so mac wilson of the patriots comes out today a lot of patriots content tonight uh says that or he was asked about the patriots not drafting a linebacker and yeah. here's his quote. He says, quote, obviously the front F office and coach Belichick seem very confident in the guys we've got in the room, end quote. And I bring this up because heading into the draft, we were like the four priorities of the Patriot are interior offense or cornerback, number one, interior offensive line, number two, linebacker, number three, wide receiver, number four, mm -hmm. Belichick addressed interior offensive line. He addressed wide receiver. He addressed cornerback a couple of times, took two Joneses. Then he addressed running back because yeah, we don't 12. have enough of those. Every either. successful yeah. team has 12 running backs. <laughs> but he didn't address linebacker. He did not address the linebacker situation. And at first I was a little like not miffed. You like I was surprised he didn't take a linebacker. Yeah. And we kind of waited the entire draft for him to take a linebacker. 
because they take one every draft. You know what I mean? So yep. it's not like it's even an un, an unusual position, and it just never happens. And I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about their linebacking depth chart. You've got Cameron McGrone, you've got Josh Uche, you signed Jawan Bentley, who's their best linebacker. Yep. But then you've got like this like slew of these hybrid guys: Kyle Duggar, yep. Jabril Peppers, Adrian Phillips, Ronnie Perkins. Like you've 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 got uh, Uche. Like you've got all these like hybrid guys who can kind of keep playing. It sounds like Marcus Jones can line up in the box, unbelievably. Yeah. And I think that that in- reinforces what we've sort of talked about. I wrote about over the, you know, and covered on Newsbreak as well, I think we're seeing a different formula from the Patriots defensively. They are going to be small. They are going to be small. And Josh Allen or or Zach Wilson or Tua or, you know, Matt Ryan or whoever the hell else the Patriots are playing this year, Baker Mayfield, because Deshaun will be suspended, I think, at that point. Yep. They're going to look up and they're going to see Juwan Bentley in eight secondary players yeah, lined up around the field and that's no joke that is absolutely no joke that could happen um yeah i, I totally agree with you um so to, just to recap a little bit of the draft action and kind of the only linebacker that i would have endorsed is a devin lloyd because again he's more of that traditional big patriots kind of linebacker i i but he went in the of... he went in the first round though and if he wasn't right. even a priority for the Patriots, right, they're not going to use a first round pick on him. Exactly. But to more to your point, so they took Rodney Perkins last year. They took uh, Cameron McGrone, who again, Macro said we're kind of counting that as a pick this year. They had these guys in the building, and we just kind of forgot about them. If you look at their depth chart, the Patriots actually have like ten linebackers on their depth chart. It's freaking ridiculous. Um, and at some point, you need to let those guys play. You need to see what that capital amounts to. They can't just sit and rot on the practice squad or something of that nature for the next two years, because then you end up with, you know, just absolutely wasted capital. Can also point out that we haven't even seen Anthony Jennings yet. Cause he can't stay on the field. And that's the other guy that I always forget about now that you mention him. He's a great player. He's a if great he can player. stay, I want him so badly to, to, to stay healthy this year. Yeah. And actually like 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 actually see what we have in the kid. Yes, I, I totally agree. And again, I just he's he's on that litany of guys, and we're like, oh, they need a linebacker. And then it's like you look, it's like, no, they don't. They've got plenty. They just need to figure out who goes where. Speaking of litany. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> You can get a litany of content over at rayroute.com. That's the hey, that was the segue. That right. was the segue. You just made me laugh, so I had to try to keep my controlled face. But I was going to say, speaking of litany, there's a litany of content that you can get over at rayroute.com. And uh, I did write a piece today that I would like to share with everybody if I could, Michael. Go for it. And it's called Bill Belichick continues to be a huge factor for players signing with the Patriots. Okay. Before I get into it, no, nah, maybe I'll no, nah, maybe I should get into get, it. Get into it. Get into it. I'm gonna get. Just give me a second. Get into it. I have to do something behind the scenes. Give me a second. I was Ooh, trying to kill baby. time. It was called killing time. All right, here All we right. go. Here it is. Nobody 
wants to play for the Tom Brady-less New England Patriots. No player in the league respects the no-fun culture that Bill Belichick has created in New England. Belichick is not a good coach. The only reason he had any success was because of Brady, and so on and so on. Now, it doesn't matter that Hall of Fame wide receiver Randy Moss says that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. It doesn't matter that Tom Brady himself referred to Bill Belichick as the GOAT after Brady already won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The narrative amongst Tampa Bay or the narrative amongst Boston media and entitled Patriot fans is going to stay the same. Nobody wants to play for Bill Belichick. Now, Ryan Spagnoli tweeted today, Terrence Mitchell on why he chose to sign with New England. Quote, I think every kid growing up in this era wanted to play for the Patriots. The Pats, man, that's the team for real. End quote. Now, Mitchell doesn't necessarily carry the same pedigree as Randy Moss. However, he's another player in the Patriots locker room that has pledged their allegiance to Bill Belichick. And he's another player who recognizes what it means to play for the New England Patriots. Now, there's tons of examples of players all around the NFL praising Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. There are only a handful of players who have have had anything negative to say about Belichick. Danny Amendola comes to mind. Amendola was virtually a nobody before joining New England, yet Amendola has made the rounds giving Belichick zero credit despite his career sputtering out after leaving New England. And he also disrespected the Patriots way along the way or the Patriots way along the way, pissing off former players who helped build New England's culture. Now, Spagnoli followed up with this. He said he compared the Patriots to Phil Jackson's Lakers, the Celtics, and the Jordan-led Bulls in terms of dynasties. And it sounds like history and playing for Belichick was a big deciding factor on him signing here. Now, I can already hear the responses from the peanut gallery. Quote, the Patriots have accomplished nothing since Tom Brady left. Can't really argue that. It's the truth. But people who can think critically and form an opinion outside of the white noise, know that Belichick has been brilliant as a coach the last two seasons. That's why players like Mitchell want to be a part of the Patriots organization. History matters. Dynasties matter. Bill Belichick matters. Was this piece necessary? Probably not. Do I have to continue defending Bill Belichick? No. I think Bill Belichick's record in history speaks for itself. So why did I bother creating this? Just because I love to say, I told you so. <laughs> nice. Feedback? Thoughts? Um, I spoke, another I read, name, I, read, non- I read better English this time. Yeah, you did You did a great job there. I was really... Uh, You're ooh. impressed? Yeah. You were wow. impressed that I was able to read my own writing? And uh, Ray, Ray's uh, Ray's gonna start reading audiobooks for uh, Audible soon. And she said, "Slap my ass, cool baby." What was nice. that? What was that? Have you ever heard that? It was Gilford Gil, Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> reading. Fi- <laughs> yes, I've I've heard reading Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> yeah, if Gilbert anybody Gunn. wants a good laugh, a good laugh, rest in peace. He took his belt and slapped my clitoris. I screamed, oh, in great pleasure. Uh, was he the parrot from Aladdin? He kidding. was. It's a joke. 
Um, he also told a 9-11 joke like three I, days after 9-11. Uh, yeah, I actually remember that. I was young, but yeah, it was a, it was a thing. Then he told uh, an Aristocats joke. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Aristocats. I've heard of the Aristocats. I never heard the joke. Oh, the Aristocats joke is like basically you just think of the dirtiest shit you can think of and you got to end it with what is this act called? It's the Aristocats. It's like, and then the son was effing the mother, and the father was essing all over the daughter, and then they were like, just like, a, oh, just a, oh my god, insanity, most, most insanity. unique voice ever on that guy. I'm, I think I'm yeah. glad that we got into this conversation when we hit our peak viewership. This is the yeah. time to do it. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking football here, people. All right, so people want to play for Bill Belichick. Um, I don't think so. Jalen Mills said he doesn't like Bill Belichick. Uh, Terrence Mich- Mitchell clear- clearly lied, and um, you know they're, lied. they're they're all consulting with Asante Samuels on all of this. Oh, Asante! I should have mentioned him instead of Danny Amendola. Oh, you want to talk yeah. about a guy who blew a Super Bowl? Yeah. Like how does how is he not scarred? How is Ryan Tannehill scarred? And Asante Samuel's still running around going like, oh, I'm Mr. Interception. Oh, yeah, I'm Mr. Quarterback. I'm the one who ruined the perfect season. Do you think he knows, like, how full of shit he is and does go to I don't therapy? think he does. I think he believes his own BS. That's that's the problem. Like, his son has to be just humiliated. Honest to God. Yeah. Like, this is the time that I wish someone like Asante Samuel actually listened to the show or watched the podcast because, like, dude, your son's embarrassed of you. Because he's got to go in the locker room every day and know that his father ruined the perfect season. Yeah, it, it blows my mind that a guy like that is so arrogant. Again, and Bill got back to Super Bowls. What did he do after that? Not no, much. They went, he went and made a lot of money and yeah. uh, didn't come close to another perfect season. And neither did the Patriots because they could have had theirs. But Asante Samuel Sr. Uh, dropped the easiest interception in the world, went right through his hands, and the very next play was the helmet catch and then the touchdown, and then and then the Patriots lost because Asante Samuel, who pretends to be a great cornerback and thinks he should be a Hall of Famer, couldn't catch the football. So yeah. where, you where ruined is he it. With, where, where is he with Hall of Fame votes? Do we know? Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely like a 7,000 ballot player. Yeah. yeah. Just, just so you know, if just in case he's watching. We don't think seven thousand years from now, after the NFL's been shut down for like you know six thousand whatever amount of years, they're gonna be like, "Well, the only player left is Asante Samuel Senior," and they're gonna be like, "Well, what about Bobby Boucher from The Water Boy?" And they're gonna be like, "No, no, that was Adam Sandler. He was an actor." Yeah, let's let's put him in. I don't know why they're all old. It's not the same guy. It wouldn't be the same guy seven thousand years from now in Docking. Man, and Asante Samuel the twelfth is going to be playing soon, and he's going to be like, dude, my my grand, my great 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 grandfather blew the perfect season. It's going to live with his family, and if people are are still named after him, they will bear that. I place. mean, you should be embarrassed just if your name is last name is Samuel, and you're not even related to the guy. You're not even related to him. Just change your last name. Man, it's just so. So players want to play for Bill Belichick. Mike. Do they? They do. Listen, this is something that, and I think ever since we heard the Jalen Mills story, right, that contradicted the nobody wants to play for Bill, has just for some reason it's still permeated through the NFL. And let's just put it simply, it's BS. They want to play for the man. 
he does bring value to the team. Even a kid like Kendrick Bourne, because of a piss test, is in love with him, which put those two things together, see if they make sense. David Andrews took significantly loud. We just lost 28 viewers in the last 35 seconds. Uh, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Um, Are you guys all that big Asante Samuel fans? Really? <laughs> like there's that many Asante Samuel fans out there? Well, to be fair, you said anybody named Samuel. So Debo Samuel fans probably left too, which I wonder maybe, maybe our biggest contain, maybe our, like maybe our, our biggest demographic are Samuels. Maybe. Oh, four yeah. more Samuels just left. We need it's to like... start attracting Jones fans and people named Jones. Yeah. 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 Um David Andrews took significantly less money to stay with the Patriots. He did. He's the man. He didn't he could have been like, I don't want to be a Patriot anymore. I don't like playing for Bill. Tom's gone. He was like, No, I'll, I'll pay for please. I'll play for peanuts just to be here. Yeah, what did he was looking for some like he was looking for what twenty million dollar range at the time and kind of No, he wasn't. He was offered money around eighteen twenty million. Oh, okay. Oh, so he was actually offered. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, he he signed with the Patriots for like whatever, a hundred a hundred grand in a Snickers bar or whatever. It was a good it was one of the king size bars. Well, that's the only way to go. Yeah, yeah. No. David Andrews is the man. So Ryan Tannehill said he's not gonna mentor Malik Willis. Doesn't think it's his job. Quote, I don't think it's my job to mentor him. Cool. Now, Tom Brady didn't believe it was his job to mentor Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Um, do you believe it's uh, – I guess I should point out, that's not an insult on Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Ryan Tannehill needed therapy because he he lost a game in, in, you know because he blew a game for his team and he sucks and has played for two different teams and has sucked for two different teams. <laughs> How much we're back, we're back, we're back to not treating them like humans again. Does, um, does, does he blow too? He just he blows chunks. Yeah. Um, that's old school, that's OG stuff. Yeah, that's, that is right there. That blows chunks. I don't even know what that means. No, it, uh, How do you blow uh, chunks? I'm glad you illustrated it. <laughs> swallow. Don't swallow. Always spit. Anyways, I'm talking about chewing tobacco. Talking about chewing tobacco. What are you thinking, Mike? Jesus, get your mind out of the gutter. Anyways, when you're using chewing tobacco, always spit. Never swallow. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is nasty. You you don't want to swallow that stuff. You're disgusting. You thought I was making a sexual innuendo. You just... Look up the origins of blow chunks. No. Okay. Anyways, he sucks. That's the difference between him and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, really good at football. Ryan Tannehill, elite athlete compared to me. Not very good. Not a very good quarterback. Malik Willis, probably already better than him. Mm -hmm. Yet, Ryan Tannehill's like, it's not my job to mentor him. I think it is. You're getting paid like $24 million that you don't deserve. Mentor the kid. That's my opinion. IMO. I'm well, gonna I'm gonna refer to a phrase that I brought up the other night, and it's oh my L-M-A-O. god, who the hell cares? Oh my god, who the hell cares? No, I care about this. I actually um, I was actually very passionate about it. 
No, I, <laughs> that's why we brought it on the show. Kurt Warner called his ass out and told said any young quarterback who needs a mentor, call me. Yeah. This is one of the few things Super that Bowl it's... champion. Super Bowl yeah, MVP. Yeah, by the Kurt way. Warner's the man. Everybody Ryan, forgets Ryan Tanhill, AFC finalist. Oh, they hung that banner. You oh, better yeah. believe it. Oh, absolutely. Actually, I bet you Vrabel Bra- probably took the banner and burned it. Vrabel probably made him eat it with a knife and fork. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill didn't blame the rest of the team, just sat down and said, eat it. Eat the banner. Yeah. It's like he that family guy with, he slept with my wife and you gave me a banner. <laughs> it's like that It's like that uh, family guy episode. Eat your t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's gone. Then he throws the jacket on. Oh, no. Is it family guy? Yeah. It's, or is it, is it the Simpsons? They both had a biker episode. Yeah, they probably both had the same moments like that. Let's be honest. Simpsons have been around for 80 years well and and the family guy rips everything off the simpsons yeah yeah exactly um this is one of the few times i disagreed because i was i was watching uncle colin he had a segment on this uh you know defended ryan Tannehill pretty heavily said it's not his job to mentor him i totally disagree you've been a mediocre quarterback you should mentor this kid your whole career yeah for what little it's worth. And you know what? We talked about this off air the other night. Tennessee took him, made him look half decent for a year, and it got him a huge payday. You owe this organization, and you owe them more than you've given them. Mentor yeah. Their, mentor he is, a young quarterback. He didn't live up to his first contract when he came no. in as the backup to Marcus Mariota. No. Okay? You didn't live up to that contract, let alone, I think they're paying him, what, $26 million a year or something of that nature? Like, they, they came a pretty a pretty yeah. hefty extension. No, I totally agree. Ryan Tannehill's a douchebag. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like this look. You're not Tom Brady. I'm sorry. No, you're, no, you're not even Tua. I would take Tua over Tannehill. Yeah, and a guy that I bag on, Aaron Rodgers, was like, yeah, I'll mentor Jordan Love because he doesn't threaten me. He actually yeah. did do a good job. He actually does do a good job with Jordan Love. They're tight. Yeah. Yeah. They're bros. They're broskies. No, and Cam Newton mentored Mac Jones and no, lost and his job because of right. it. Right. And no and, and you know what? Was never bitter about it either. No. At no, he was bitter. Not. He was bitter at Bill, but he wasn't bitter at Mac. He's like Yeah. I don't even know how bitter he was with Bill because the Patriots cut him loose early to just let him know like listen dude, you Oh, I don't know. Job. You got to watch that Freaky Friday. He was bitter. Yeah, maybe maybe he I, was willing to be the backup. That's the thing. I think that, he was just he was on he was upset to be unemployed. That's true. E- either way, again, Ryan Tannehill, you owe this organization more than you've given him. Ryan Tannehill, we, you're the douchebag of the day. Yeah. Okay. Help me make sense of this. The, I, and I have no context behind this. I literally just saw this tweet and I was like, huh? Reggie Wayne on the new quarterback, Matt Ryan, quote, it makes me throw up how much he reminds me of Peyton, end quote. Preparation? Is it as I heard? I know that Matt Ryan is apparently ruthlessly prepared. Is is that the, the comparison? That That would be my guess. It has to do with preparation leadership you know matt ryan is supposedly a good leader i don't know we other than the one year the patriots played him in the super bowl unfortunately i haven't ever really followed a ton of matt ryan outside that mvp year that he had um 
I, I am sure he's a great individual. You know, when I when I was looking into what was going on with Kyle Pitts last year too, it seems like you know Kyle Pitts had nothing but good things to say about him. So, adult, you know, veteran leader quarterback that's well prepared wouldn't shock me. Compared to Peyton Manning, I mean, you're talking about a guy that you know. Does he have a bad neck? Is that like the comparison they're making, or? What the hell is Reggie? Wayne Actually, right Matt now? Ryan has a pretty big forehead, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Is that the, is that what he's comparing? He's comparing the foreheads because I, like I said, I have no context around this. Yeah, it's it's got to be the foreheads. He's comparing their foreheads. Um, they must be looking for more real estate to build houses on, and Matt Ryan has a great forehead. <laughs> I wonder how Peyton Manning feels about Reggie Wayne comparing Matt Ryan to him. At this point, I feel like Peyton's probably been retired so long. He's probably like, oh, that's nice. I don't know. I feel like Peyton. No, it's Peyton. You think Tom Brady's ever going to accept it? Like, If if, if Tom Brady's like 60 and they're like, I'm telling you, this kid is going to surpass Tom Brady. He's going to be like, oh, yeah. He's gonna call some team somewhere and be like, "Let's go win a Super Bowl." I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, let's say hypothetically, Pat Mahomes does get to eight Super Bowls. Tom will be like, "That's it, I'm coming back, I'm coming back." Giselle, I need. Oh, Ray's gone again. I don't know what happened. Something went wrong again. Yeah, listen, Reggie Wayne comparing people to Peyton Manning. I don't get it. I don't know why he keeps doing that. I don't know. That's weird. Super chat. We got a super chat. Holy moly. Must be looking for those. Uh says, yeah. remember who mentored Tommy and continued after he lost his job to him? Yes. Yes. Drew Bledsoe. We should have used that as a better example. Uh yeah, Drew Bledsoe lost his job to Tom Brady. Was pissed at Belichick, pissed at the Patriots organization. Turned around and said, it's not Tommy's fault. And then they traded him within division because Bill wasn't scared of him. What? (laughs) Don't insult (laughs) Drew Bledsoe. I feel bad for Drew because Drew says his biggest regret in life is that he's a footnote in Tom Brady's story. And again, I don't think we ever have a Tom Brady if we don't have Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe is what made the Patriots sexy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And listen, Drew has been around the organization more in a highlighted way over the last like year and a half. They've kind of mentioned him. You know, he's been to Gillette a few times. Kraft actually just released like a thing on Patriots.com where he went out to the winery and, you know, they did this whole short. I really do respect Drew Bledsoe for never really taking any shots at the Patriots organization no. that kind of had a lasting impact on like a certain someone, you know, might have. I'm not going to name names. He used to wear 12 around here and another guy that used to wear 87. Uh, I'm not going to put Brady in that category anymore. Well, if he was going to play with Miami. I don't think that was really to stick it to Belichick. That was just my stupid narrative that I came up with for entertainment. I don't. I, there was. I did, well, we'll see. Anyway, anyway. regard. No, I think he just wanted ownership. I think that's where he saw his. I don't think he wanted to go to Miami to to play. I think it's he was offered ownership. I think that was what the enticing piece was. You can't own the Miami Dolphins and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's true. 
I don't know. Either that'd be way, a, that'd be a bad look. Don't don't trash the team that made you famous, Gronk. Brady never did. No. Brady never trashed Belichick publicly. Never trashed his dad did, but he didn't. And and I guess and we all know. I mean, you already know my feeling about Tom Brady Senior, Mister Brady. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've never seen somebody just so desperate to live off their son's fame more than than Tom Brady Senior. No, it it, it is it's borderline pathetic. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. It's it's yeah. disgusting. I mean, yeah, it's like like I don't even try to. And this is a Canadian thing, but like I don't even try to live off of Dean's fame. You know what I mean? And I'm a part of his network. Like you know what I mean? Yet, and we have no relationship whatsoever. I should have no shame about using Dean Blundell's name to try to, you know, Promote push yourself. myself more. I, I use don't. Ray's name all the time at the grocery store. People <laughs> <laughs> at the grocery store, you should. It's those guys working overnight shifts stocking the shelves, bro. That's what that's who's listening to us. Yeah, I'm like, bro, I know Ray Route, and they're like, who the hell are you? And you're gonna Why be, do you Dear keep Nation. Here? Dear, why do you come here every night and tell me that you know this Ray guy? <laughs> you know what? I mean, you live in Mass. You just just keep dropping my name everywhere you go. Somebody eventually is going to know me. Like just like the McDonald's down the street. Hey, I know Ray Route. Who the fuck is that? Who are you? I, asked the, I just start telling everybody. I know Ray Route just to see what the reaction is. <laughs> Dear Pat's Nation, just to see what. You know, eventually somebody's gonna respond to like down the street, yell back, "Woo, dude!" You don't understand <laughs> where I've met people in the situations when I've met like fans of the show. I can only first, imagine. First fan I ever met. I haven't met many. Like I live in Canada. Our, our Canadian audience is not huge, but the we... first fan of the show I ever met, I was staying at the Hilton in Rochester, New York. Uh, there for a soccer tournament with my daughter mm-hmm. and I'm walking through the lobby and I got a case of water under one arm. I've got a case of beer under the other arm and I've literally got a grocery bag in my teeth. Okay. <laughs> and I'm with like eight other soccer dads. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And from across the hotel, I hear, Dear Pat Station! Dear Pat Station! Dear Pat Station! And I'm like, hmm. This dude working security at the hotel comes Damn. running up to me. Can we take a picture, man? Well, oh, you've I, got the grocery bag. I've got a grocery bag in my teeth. In my teeth. And I'm like, put the water down. In, in this picture, it's him and I. Yeah, and I still got the case of Miller underneath <laughs> my arm. Okay. Next time I met somebody, yeah, this dude. I think his name is. I think his name is Michael. I not could me. be. I could be not you. I could be a. Th- I could be so wrong. Yeah, this dude tracked me down at Universal Studios in Florida, and like found me, and we took a picture together. The, fan. the weirdest one that ever happened. Keswick, Ontario, Canada. That's where I work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just the name Keswick. Yeah. Weird, weird name. Yeah. I actually think it's indigenous. We shouldn't make fun of it. 
It's like rural Ontario. Okay. I have to drive north to get there. And it goes into like rural Ontario. It's like population, like, I don't know, 15,000. It ain't big. Yeah, not not super big, not small. No, it's small. Maybe it's less than that. It's 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 big enough. It's got two schools, whatever. So I'm at a high school. Yeah. Doing a high school event. It's one of those places where the bus comes by every hour. Like not every 15 minutes. It comes by like every hour. One of those places. And I'm doing this 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 event at a school for my real job, right? And I'm setting up this this booth and whatever. This kid runs up to me. I think he's like in grade nine. He's like 13 or 14 years old. And he's like, um, he's got, I remember he's got this, like, he's got the, he's got a kid voice. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, are you, uh, are you Ray from, from YouTube? And I'm like, I got my senior manager standing right beside me. At this point, nobody at my work knows that I do this. Right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> nobody. Like, this is a secret that I'm carrying with myself. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, like, I'm only, like, 5,000 subs. I haven't oh. started at Sportscaster yet. Like, I'm legit. Oh, wow, so this was Just back. YouTube, yeah. Okay, this is a while ago then. Yeah, and he's, like, and I'm, like, he's, like, like from Dear Pat's Nation, right? And I'm, like, yeah, dude, that's that's me, man. And he's, like, oh, my God. He's, like, so he's, like, wow. So, I don't know, we're talking. And uh, he says, listen, he says, can can I get your autograph? And the luck, right? So the 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 woman I'm with, my senior manager, she's like, huh? <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, no worries, right? So I like signed for him, whatever. And she's like, Do you guys want a picture together? She has no idea what's going on. <laughs> no idea. All she knows is I've signed this kid's autograph. She's like, You guys should take a picture together. And I'm like, oh, I'm in like a suit and tie, dude. Like, I'm in like work attire, right? Like, not the kind of picture I want floating around Instagram. Right, right. right you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I want instant my Instagram shots are ball caps and sunglasses, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. She's like, You guys should take a picture. So I'm like, <laughs> Got like my the big banners of my company behind me and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, the stuff you don't want people to see. Yeah, like this stuff, like right. So <laughs> so this so now this kid's like still hanging out around the table. And I'm like, uh, and he's a nice kid. I got nothing against the kid. Yeah, like, nothing yeah. against I, I, I know what you mean. It's he's nothing a nice against kid. him, just but it's just this the situation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, like fuck. And the kid looks at uh, looks at me. She's listening now. More, like this, my senior man. She's listening intently to our conversation because right, right. she has no idea. And he looks at me and goes, "Sorry, I'm I'm nervous. I've never met a celebrity before." That's awesome, <laughs> dude. So I'm like, "Oh, buddy, I'm not a cel- I'm not a celebrity kid. You know, like I'm not a celebrity, buddy." And uh, dude, she's just like she's now pissing her pants. She can't stop laughing, right? Like she can't <laughs> stop laughing. And uh, yeah, oh, that was uh, so. I legit never. I legit never thought I'd meet a fan in Canada, let alone at a high school in okay. Keswick, Ontario. I was gonna and, say, yeah, you you've been a fan in Canada under the most awkward of circumstances, weirdest and awkward of circumstances in a place that I never thought anybody would have would've... any idea who I was. It's funny how the world works that way. It honest, like, oof. 
but yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I have He's a few famous. other I have a few other stories, but yeah, those are like my three. Like the first one, I'll never forget the first one. Mm-hmm. Like that's I mean, the first time you get recognized, it's kind of cool. Like, yeah. It's kind of yeah. cool. Um second time, I'll never forget that one because he just kept like DMing me. Where are you now? And I'm like, I'm over here. <laughs> you know, he's like, Where are you now? I'm like, I'm over here. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not waiting Ray's for like, you. I'm not waiting Ray, for you. Ray's trying to like mislead him. Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But I just told him I'm not waiting for you. Right, like right. if you see me, you see me. If you right. don't, you don't. Right. Deal, I'm not right? gonna wait up for you. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll never forget that one, and I'll never forget the kid in Keswick because that's how a my work found out I did this for a living, and uh, and b. Um, what did they think after that? Um, I had to explain it, and like, dude, like, how do you explain to people that, like, yeah, every night I go live on YouTube and I, you know, talk about football and I, like, you know, talk to the chat and stuff, and you know, it's. I feel yeah. like we went down a rabbit hole that could have been like a separate podcast, like right on the side. It could have been, but, um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was, it's anyways, some people thought it was really cool. Some people were like, oh, and other people were just like now at work, like people know who Dean Blundell is. They know all this kind of like, now it's kind of like, now it's kind of cool that I do what I do. Like now. So you're you're like an officer celebrity now then too. No, no, I wouldn't say an officer celebrity, but what I will say is, is I know for a fact that people who report to me, watch this show. Shout out to them. Yeah. So, and they actually, they know if they're watching, they know who the senior manager is. They know, like they know who it is. It's not, I'm not going to say her name, but she's retiring at the end of this month. But they already knew when I said senior manager because there's only one. <laughs> like there's there's only one like scene. There's directors, but only one senior manager, and uh, they know they know who she is. Um, and I, they I, if they if the staff who watch are listening right now and they're hearing this, sto- they heard that story. They're probably laughing their asses off because they're imagining her face as this is unfolding in front of her. That's awesome that your boss got to go through that and laugh at you. That's how that's how the company though found out that I do this. That's awesome that some dude in a high school in like the most random place spoiled yep. it for you. It wasn't like some high profile per, or a group of people in like a an area like you'd expect like an amusement park or something spoiled was spoiled it for somebody. It's like no small town Canada high school <laughs> doing a, doing a university <laughs> fair you know doing are, you, a, are, you, are you ray are you ray are you ray from youtube that's what i'll never forget are you ray from youtube like he couldn't even say dear pat's nation he had to say ray from youtube because that's what made her go <laughs> ray from youtube yeah what the what the who the hell is this guy <laughs> Man. So yeah, uh, so that, that's that's my story of of three people recognizing me, or three nice. people. I more have more have recognized me, but that's the story of the, like the three that completely stick out 
in in my mind. I think today though it's less about meeting people and it's more about the DMs. Yeah. Because as people know, I'm not big on responding to DMs. Some of you DM me, you're really normal nice people. I, I and and I you know, I apologize I don't get back to you. But Mike can tell you. I get a lot of weird DMs on yes. a daily basis, yes, like a lot. Some to me, and I've I've seen some weird DMs and gotten some weird DMs. Ray gets some weird stuff, and I get them daily. So I don't if I don't recognize the name, like I just I don't even read it. I just immediately delete. Sometimes I read them, but yeah, I get like strange, strange. I get people photoshopping me into pictures. I get I get weird stuff. Yeah, Ross, yeah, Ross just bugs the crap. Oh Ross, yeah. Well, Ross is different. <laughs> Ross photo Ross, Ross photoshops me into the Jersey Shore stuff a lot, but um, no, like people I don't know who photoshop me into situations, into, into like situations, like photoshop me into like that. Okay, I'll tell you the guys one. I'll tell you guys one really weird one. And if this was you, I'm sorry, it was fucking weird. So I got to call you on this. I think I told you guys. I told. I think I told the group chat about this one. Um, this guy sends me a picture. I assume it's a guy mm-hmm. sends me a picture of like him and his family in front of a Christmas tree okay. and he photoshopped me into the family picture. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a little weird. A little, a, a little weird. Uh, I'm being nice. Yeah. It's a no, no, I'm sorry. It was really weird. And yeah, I appreciate, I'm... like, I appreciate everybody. Don't send me like I. That's why I don't respond to a lot of what are probably normal DMs. Yeah, is the scary stuff, guys. He doesn't even respond to my DMs anymore. I tried to slide in there every once in a while. He's like, Mike, stop it. Mike just texts me. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. I don't hey, check I my DMs. I hate Dean DMs me all the time, and I'm always like, oh, just text me, Dean. <laughs> like, stop DMing me. No, listen, um, that that's really creepy. I'm just glad you didn't see the Photoshop of like uh I, I was trying to come up with something and it just died. Never mind. I was trying to make it funny. I, I just I've gotten some I've gotten some just weird DMs. Like people just they send me things and send just ask me weird things and tell me weird things and do weird things and threaten me or yeah, I've showed Mike some of them, and we've talked about some of them. Like, I get weird, so I don't read a lot. So I think, like, sometimes I do respond. Like, I will click on one because I'm like, oh, what's this weirdo got to say? And then it's not weird. It's, like, a normal thing. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I respond back. And then the guy's like, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, I didn't think you'd write back to me. And I'm just like, Mike, chill. Like, we do a show together every night. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Stop no, telling but, them. No. But like I'll get that though, like thanks so much, and then you get back to me, you know, blah blah. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, like chill, like no worries, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not a fucking, I'm not, I, I have no illusions of who I am in this world, you know. Like my my daughter asked me once, like if I degrade my celebrityhood, like am I an A lister, B lister, C lister? I said, have they created a new letter after Z? <laughs> or Z? What do you guys say? You say Z, Z. right? I'm like, yeah. have they created a new letter after Z? Um, because that's, that's, that's what I'm probably am. I'm not even a Z list. I'm like as a Google fool. He'll, he'll, he'll get, he'll get there. He's I'm there. trying to get there. Listen, if I could get up to like an X and like, like an X celebrity, 
I'd be happy with my life. Speaking, I can't even I can't even get certified on or not certified. I can't even get verified on Twitter. Yeah, what's going on with that? I've tried five times. Apparently, they don't count Dean Blundell or Newsbreak as credible organizations. (laughs) Wow. Um, not good. Speaking of segue, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the show's over. I'm just like ranting. I'm just having fun at this point. So what Mike, what Mike is saying is, is turn the music on. Anybody who wanted more of this show, you can blame producer Mike because I was ready to go for another hour and just start chalking it up. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Dear Pats Nation podcast brought to you in association by RayRoute.com and the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com sponsored by Newsbreak. Download the Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. You get all your local news all in one place. It's dynamic. Hey, it helps us if you download it. You get a good app. We get a kickback. Download the Newsbreak app. Great organization. Great app. Always appreciate them. Uh, thank you to Dean Blundell for giving me this chance to come on here and be an idiot across his platforms every night. Producer Mike, thank you. Thank you to the audience who uh, tunes in to listen to us. We can't do it. If it wasn't for you, we'd just be two nerdy guys talking about football, which you know we do anyways, but if we can do it for you, we appreciate it. Thank you for the super chat, Silent Night. Thank you to everybody else. And um, never forget, guys, you're all legit, kid. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. 
follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.